This is class two, CD two of four. Page 35, I'm gonna talk about trend lines. Trend lines is another piece of the picture. Not the picture, just another piece. It's not any more important or less important than candlesticks, just another piece. The, five, the six bullet points here. Number one, trend lines must connect at least two points. Three or more points are preferred. Number two, the more points touching the trend line, the stronger your trend line would be. Number three, the steeper the trend line, the sooner you should expect it to be broken. Number four, when drawing a trend line for a downtrend, when drawing a trend line for a downtrend, you draw the line connecting the tops of the candlestick body. You don't draw on the wicks. You're going to hear me talk about uh, the market makers knocking the stops out in class number five. Okay? And by knocking a stop out, you can get an artificially created wick. So we don't use the wicks. We use the bodies. The bodies are real trades. The bodies are real trades. The wicks might be artificial trades. So we don't use the wicks at all. We only use the body. Number five, when drawing a trend line for an uptrend, draw the line connecting the bottoms of candlestick bodies. Number six, from a strictly trend line viewpoint, you stay in a play until the trend line is broken by a close above or below the trend line, depending on which way you're going. If the trend line is going down, you stay in, and you're making money going down. We'll learn about that next week. As the trend line is going down, you stay in that trade until you have a candle that is closed above that trend line. Then you'd get out of that, tra that trade. Everybody follow that? Yes? We're going to see some examples in a little bit. Okay. Now, from a strictly trend line viewpoint, no other, no candlestick reversal patterns, no other charting indicators, stuff that we're going to talk about later, if we were only using trend line. That trend line coming down, broken by a close above it, everybody understand? Yes? Candle closing above it would also be the entry point for a rise. Okay? It would be the entry point for a rise. Now, we're, we're, we don't trade that way, but that's the thought process, okay? From trend line only. From trend line only. Okay, now, turn to page 36, and page 36 tells you to go to the appendix, pages 125, 126, and 127. So if you will turn there in your appendix, those of you that don't have the newest manuals, too bad. You had the opportunity at the door, I think they're already gone, I'm sure they're already gone, okay. Now, those of you with the new manuals tonight, how many of you are brand new students? Raise your hands. Okay. Now, the, all right, put your hands down. All of you new students, you have a manual that the old students beside you don't have. So, if, if you kind of let them look on with you, they'll, they'll be happy about that. Okay. Because even if they got the manual last month, they don't have this manual. Basically, they have it, kind of, sort of. But the manuals we used literally last month in putting this, the course together, um, the font was so small, I increased the font, 
And when I increased the font, I did add a few things to these charts to make it easier to explain. So again, the most veteran students don't have these at all. Now, page 125. All we're looking at here are the trend lines. And if you look there, do you see the number one that's there? Yes, number one? All right. Now, number one, that is an uptrend line. And when I increase the font, you can't see where I started that trend line. Okay? That just is the way it is. Okay? It is the way it is. But there was a spot to create that trend line from. Trend line going up. Would you say that trend line is relatively steep? Yes. It's relatively steep. And understand, and, and as new students, I'm just going to have to remind you because it, it's not going to click in your brain yet. That is still the summertime trading zone. Summertime trading zones, you expect trend lines to be steep. You expect the trades to last a short period of time and get out of there. It's also the end of the summertime trading zone, so you're going to expect it to last a little bit longer as you're getting ready for the fall-winter trading zone, but it's still expected to be steep. Okay? Steep means it's going to be broken quickly. If we were in this trade, again, previous to September, I mean, previous to August 16th, we would have gotten out of that trade on the red candle there in September, about September the 7th. Does everybody see that? That red candle there? Yes? Because the red candle closes at the base of the candlestick. Everybody understand? A white candle closes at the top. So a white candle closing... White candle touching it at the bottom closes at the top, so it's not broken, the trend line. Everybody understand? Yes? But a red candle closing at the bottom, if that closes below the trend line, we'd get out of the trade. Everybody follow that from a trend line perspective only? Yes? Yes? Yes. All right. So we were in somewhere previous to August the 16th, and then we were out of that trade on the 7th, thereabouts, of September. Everybody understand? Yes? Okay. Now, this is a trade on eBay. Second trend line. Now, please understand second. Not the second one that you easily see on the page. The one that is marked by the number two. The one that is actually marked by the number two is the second trend line I'm talking about. Would you say that trend line is much flatter? Yes, it's much flatter. I draw the trend lines differently depending on the trading zones. In the summertime trading zone, I'm only going to go, the maximum amount of time I'm going to go back to draw would be four weeks. That would be the maximum. The maximum time I'm trying to capture is four weeks ago because mark is up, mark is down, mark is up, mark is down. You don't go back any farther than that. Whenever you're drawing trend lines, you never go back farther than the beginning of the trading zone you're in. Understand we're trading. We're talking about what's it doing right now. I've got people in Virginia Beach, they got trend lines drawn, go back to 1997. Oh, that's going to help me tomorrow. I want to draw my trend line within this trading zone. And then based upon the trading zone, again, a summertime trading zone where I'm in and out relatively quickly, I know I'm not going to go back further than a month. Market's too up and down. Market's too up and down. Fall winter trading zone, I know that I want to capture almost all of the move, okay? So I'm going to consciously, on purpose, look for an opportunity to draw 
a flatter trend line on purpose. Having that trend line drawn, connecting basically the candle on uh, like the 31st of August, white candle. Yes? Everybody see that? And then a red candle on about the 26th and a white candle on the 27th of September. See those? Yes? Yes? Okay. That's the trend line. Flat. Everybody sees that flat trend line. Yes? Flatter trend line. Okay. Because I'm, I want that trade to have the opportunity to last all through that trading zone. Now, on about the 19th of October, somewhere around that neighborhood, 19th, 20th, do you see a red candle touch that trend line again? Yes? yes? And then the stock took off from there and went up. Yes? Would you say that stock moved dramatically away from that trend line at that point in time? Yes? I mean, it was rocking and rolling going up. Yes? That's when you draw that next trend line you see there. The one that looks like it started, if you look on the bottom of the page on the calendar, somewhere between the 13th and the 20th of September. You see it starting right there. I mean, it actually started right there on the 18th or 19th of October. But do you see that trend line drawn? It's even, it's on purpose thinner because it's not numbered. Everybody see that one? Yes? Second one was drawn. And then the stock dramatically moved away from that trend line. Once it dramatically moved away from the trend line, it, you can say that went up steeply, yes? Yeah. Now I'm going to redraw that trend line. Here's the key. When I trade, I do something differently than almost every other student until they learn the, the thought process. I am constantly looking for a reason to leave my trade. And you folks are constantly looking for a reason to stay in yours. And I'm looking for a reason to leave. Again, based upon the whole knowledge, the trading zones and the whole nine yards, trading zone, I'm expecting this to be fat time of the year. I drew the flatter trend line so that I could catch a big part of the fat movement. I'm seeing the fat movement take place after the 18th of October. Everybody sees that fat movement going up there? Yes? Yeah. Once that thing was going up and up and up, I'm going, oh man, I got to draw a trend line, now a steep trend line, looking for that trend line to be broken so I can get out of the trade. Everybody understand? Yes. Which takes place on around December the 6th, 7th, somewhere in that neighborhood. Red candle closed below the trend line. Yes? Out of the trade ending of the fall winter trading zone coming up. Changing the way I'm going to trade going forward. Everybody understand? Yes. Okay. That's the, the trend lines are drawn bottoms of candles up, tops of candles down. Okay. But they're drawn in the trading zone that you're in. Okay. And then how they're drawn in the trading zone is dependent upon what you expect to take place in the trading zone. Summertime trading zone, and we're going to look at some more charts here in a minute. Summertime trading zone, two, three days, bang, bang, bang. I need to be in and out of the trade. So I'm going to have very sharp, quick, up and down, sawtooth looking chart. Understand? 
fall winter training zone, I wanted to be much flatter, much flatter. So that I capture the big fat move. And once I see that big fat move taking place, now I want to redraw a trend line on there so I see an exit point coming. Everybody understand? Yes? yes? All right. Turn to page 126. Again, the newest manuals, you have lines drawn on your manuals that the other folks don't. They actually had to draw the lines in class. If they were paying attention, they drew them in class. They're very faint, far left-hand side. Do you see I have an uptrend line drawn going up? Very faint, little line. Yes? yes. New students, yes? yes? Okay, help out the veteran students with a yes. Yes? yes. All right. And it goes up, and then it's broken before we ever get to the 20th. Yes? yes. Close below it. White candle closed below that trend line. Yes? yes? So we would be out of the trade from a trend line perspective alone. Everybody understand? And then immediately, do you see we have a trend line going down? Yes? yes? And then, again, immediately, a week or two, we have a trend line going back up. Yes? yes? Chop. It's the end of the summertime trading zone. It's the end of the summertime trading zone right there. Okay? Now, from about the 18th of October, actually 25th of October, going up. Big move up. Yes? Steep. We drew it steep, and we caught the big fat part of the fall winter trading zone. That candle was broken around the 22nd, 23rd, somewhere in the neighborhood of November. Yes? Went si the stock went sideways. Started to go back up. We've got another trend line that was broken January the 3rd. Everybody see that? Yes. Thereabouts. And then the stock started going down. Yes? yes? And we have a trend line going down. Yes? yes. Broken by uh, around the 24th of January. Yes? Yeah. That's the trend lines, folks. That's, I mean, you draw the trend. The trend lines is a piece of the puzzle. They're not the most important piece. They're not the least important piece. They're just a piece. Page 127. Page 127, you new students have kind of an aqua green line uh, on about the 7th of November. One at the top, one at the bottom of the page. Yes? Yes? All right. Now. You new students, what that line is for, if you come straight up from that line, if you were trying to connect those two lines, okay, I'm going to be explaining what all these other lines are on the page. And you need to label them as I talk about them, okay? All those, all those aqua green lines are is so that you know where I'm working up from. That's all that they're there for, okay? The bottom line that you come to is kind of a dark blue line. In our house, it's not allowed. In fact, it's illegal to use the term, but it's kind of a Duke blue line. Duke blue line, the bottom Bollinger Band. It's also known as the lower Bollinger Band. That first dark blue, Duke blue line you come to is the lower Bollinger Band, the bottom Bollinger Band, okay? I'll explain what that does in a little while. Coming up from there, directly up that, that, that line, directly up from there, you come into an orange line. Yes? yes? That orange line is the 50 period moving average line. It's the 50 period moving average line. 
We'll talk about that in a little while. Coming up directly above that, you come to another dark blue, Duke blue line. That is the center Bollinger Band. It's the center Bollinger Band. And it is also what we call the 20-period moving average line. 20-period moving average line. And the reason we say it's a 20-period moving average line, if you put a 20-period moving average line on this page, it would be covered up by that line most of the time. And when it wasn't, it would just look like a two-colored line. It's that close together. So we just call the center line the 20-period moving average line. Okay? Coming directly up from there, you run into a black line. It starts in that red brick on the left-hand side of the page and goes all the way across the page. Everybody see that black line? Yes? Okay. That is the 200-period moving average line. 200-period moving average line. Coming up from there, near where the candlesticks are, there is a red and green line. Yes? The red and green line are known as the Christmas cross lines. We're going to talk about them in just a minute. Okay. They're the Christmas cross lines. And then above the red and green lines, above the candlesticks, there is another dark blue or Duke blue line. And that is the upper Bollinger Band or top Bollinger Band. Now, very quickly, and we're going to talk more about them later, but very quickly, the Bollinger Bands act like a boundary. It's a flexible boundary, acts like a boundary, and as you notice, the stock or the stock price represented by the candlesticks doesn't spend hardly any time outside of those Bollinger Bands. It's like a boundary. I look at it like the the stock has no air to breathe outside of those bands. So the stock bounces around inside the Bollinger Bands. Now, they are flexible boundaries. The moving average lines, the 20, the 50, and the 200, they are either support lines or resistance lines, depending upon where the stock price is. If the candles are below those lines, any one of them or all of them, then they would be resistance lines to a rise. Okay? They would be resisting any rise. Where they are above them, they would be support lines, expecting them to support the price once it falls down there, preventing it from falling further. Okay? Now, you have a 20, a 50, and a 200. Understand, when I look at the market, it is an adversarial arena. It's a battle, folks. It's a life or death arena. There's a war going on there. When I look at the 20, the 50, and the 200, I'm looking at coming up to an enemy. In the 20, there are 20 soldiers there. Coming up to the 50, there are 50 soldiers there. Coming up to the 200, there are 200 soldiers there. Which battle is going to be the hardest? The 200. Which one is likely to be a softer problem? 
the 20. Everybody understand? That's the way I look at them. Okay? And, and too many people, oh, it's hit the 20. Well, yeah, it has. Okay? But it's the weaker of the three. And depending on the other stuff that's going on, it might blow right on through that 20. Everybody understand? Okay? But when it hits that 200, it, it, it better have some support. You know, because there are going to be 200 soldiers there. And in all likelihood, the 200, at least at, for a while, is going to win. At least for a while. It's going to be a longer battle. Everybody understand? That's the way I look at that. Okay? Now, we'll explain all the rest of this stuff in just a little bit. Turn back into your regular manual now. That goes through page 127. So if you go back to your regular manual, go to page 37. And we'll talk a little bit more about this stuff. First of all, this page says chart parameters. And the chart parameters, man, I mean, you guys are so fortunate because I had, I had a gentleman in, in Virginia Beach class about two years ago now, I guess, and very intelligent guy. And I went through every one of these charting parameters, line by line, item by item, taking a lot of time clarifying it all up. And when I got completely finished with it, he said, excuse me, how long would it take for a reasonably intelligent person to understand anything you just said? And then I realized without having cue charts, you know, all of those details I went through uh, was a waste of my time because you had to have cue charts to understand putting the parameters together. I'm not going to go through them in a great degree. I will touch on what these things do and, and what you should expect to see when looking at them, but we're not going to talk about setting them up very much. Um, these indicate everything that's here is how you would set them up on cue charts if you don't get the diskette, which is up to you, okay? The diskette has all this stuff set up for you. If you want to do it yourself, these are the parameters you use. I don't use the default settings on QCharts for anything. Okay? And these are my settings, not QChart settings. Okay? These are my settings. And so, I mean, you can set them up like this, or you can get the diskette, which sets it up for you. The Bollinger Bands, the only change from the default is the length. That's very easy. The, the standard, the, the, the default setting for Bollinger Bands is a length of 20, and I've changed that to 21. That's the only change I've really made there uh, other than the color. The Christmas Cross Moving Average Lines, those red and green line that was up by the candlesticks, um, I, I'll tell you where that came from, how it came about. Like I told you, I'm, I'm a Christian. You can be whatever you want to be. I'm not trying to shove that down your throat. I just live my life this way. And you can, you can deal with that however you want to. It doesn't make any difference to me. Um, it, it's about my eternal soul, not yours. Okay? <laughs> but you do however you want to from that regard. But every morning, I spend a, a little time reading my Bible, and I have some prayer and devotional time before I start my day. And it just seems to set my day on the right track. Okay? So that's how I live my life. But I was teaching the course, and I was constantly working, trying to figure out something from a charting basis that would make this easier for all of you. And I was trying everything in the world. I mean, I, look, I come up with this one thing. Oh, man, it was right 100% of the time at predicting last week's move. <laughs> I mean, I was all excited when I found it. Wow, wow, that's, oh, wait a minute. That already happened. Yeah, I mean, oh, it was dumb, okay? I mean, it was dumb. I was so excited for about four minutes, and then I realized. But 
I finally give it up. You know, I, I realized I couldn't get it accomplished. And so I just turned it over to God in my prayer that morning. If you want me to have something to show these people, something easy to see, you need to provide it to me because I'm not capable. Okay? And no sooner than in my prayer time, I get the numbers in my head, three by three, two by zero, three by three, two by zero, three by three, two by zero, and I, I couldn't get them out of my head. Well, where would that apply? Where would that apply? Uh, okay. Um, um, three by three, three by three. I don't know what three by three is. Two by zero, two by zero, two by zero. That's, that can only be a, a moving average line. Okay. So I pull up Q charts and, and pull up my, my studies and go to my moving average lines and I put in a two-period moving average line. And I didn't know what the zero was, but zero means zero, so I just put the period at two and left that alone. And then three by three, what would three by three be? Three by three, I'm looking at the moving average lines and it says, on Q charts, it says offset. Offset. I don't know what offset is. Let me put a three in there. So I put a three-period moving average line with an offset of three. Okay. And I just made it a different color line, put it up there, and there it is. Okay, pulled up the chart and went, oh, man. When that red line crosses the green line, the stock goes in the direction of that red line. When it goes up, it goes up. When it goes down, it goes down. Wow! And let me try a different stock. Maybe it's just this stock. No, it was on all the stocks. And then I said, well, let me try some, some New York, because I was on the NASDAQ stocks at the time. I said, let me try some New York Stock Exchange stocks. And I did it there, and it worked there. Let me look at the futures charts. It worked on the futures charts. It worked everywhere I looked at it. It worked. But maybe it's just me. You know, I can see it, but I'm good at this. I mean, I was already retired. I was already teaching the classes, that kind of stuff. You know, I printed off a chart, took it into my daughter, and said, circle the places where the red line crosses the green line. She looked at me like this was a trick question. <laughs> she circled here, circled there, and then she said, now, right there, I'm not going to circle there because the red and green line, though the red is above the green line, I can't see any separation between the lines. It looks like a same color line. So without separation, I'm not going to say it's crossed the line. It's just kind of laying on top of it. I said, that sounds good. Okay, that's good. That's a good idea. Okay, and she said, I'm done. Well, she got them all right. So then I printed off a different chart, took it into my son, and, and let him do it. He's five years younger than she is. He said, here, here, here. I'm not going to circle that because you can't tell it's really crossed or not. There, there. And he got them all right. I said, well, what do you think you'd do with that? And he said, well, it's pretty simple. When the red line crossed the green line right there, you've got to be buying that stock. It's going up. He said, when the red line crossed the green line right there, you need to be out of that stock. It's going down. He's a bright child. <laughs> then I took the printed off chart and went to two twin boys that had never seen the stock market before and asked them to do the same thing. And they got the same right answers. Okay. And I figured if two twin boys that were five years old could come up with the right answers, there was hope for you. And I started teaching it at that point in time. Um, and we called it the red and green lines to start with. You know? And, you know, it's funny because though there were students that were retired and reaching retirement choice prior to that point, there are vastly more at that point since the Christmas cross. Bottom line. Bottom line. And I was walking through the hallway of, of, of our old house, and my daughter said, Daddy, have you named that thing yet? 
I said, what, what are you talking about? She said, the red and the green line thing. I said, no, I'm just calling it the red and green line. She said, well, you've found out about it in prayer. I said, yeah. She said, the cross has been the answer for the whole world forever, for over 2,000 years. And you were using red and green. They, the, they are Christmas colors. And Christmas, we're celebrating Christ's birthday anyway. So why don't you just call it the Christmas cross? And that's how it got its name, the Christmas cross. Because the cross has been the answer, folks. It has been for all of us outside the stock market. And it is for all of you inside the stock market. Okay? When the red line crosses the green line, that's where you're trading at. Okay? Bottom line. Bottom line. When the red line crosses, that's where you're trading. Christmas cross. Red, we're trading in the direction of the red line. When the red line cross is going up, we're expecting the stock to go up. When the red line cross is going down, we're expecting the stock to go down. It's real simple. Okay? Now, stock RSI. It also has two lines. On Q charts, they are not normally, by default, red and green. But I figured if the Christmas cross lines were red and green, I was making them all red and green. So they're all red and green. The settings are also specific to me. They are not the default settings. But they are two lines, red and green. When the red line crosses the green line, we're going in the direction of the red line. MACD lines, there's two lines. We've made them red and green. When the red line crosses the green line, we're going in the direction of the red line. Directional movement. There's two lines. I made them red and green. We're going in the direction of the red line. When the red line crosses the green line, we're going in the direction of the red line. It's real, real simple. When all the red lines cross going up at the same time, we're going up. When they're all crossing going down at the same time, we're going down. If they're not crossing at the same time, we're not trading. That is the way it works, folks. The biggest problem you folks face is you do not have the discipline to go, they're not crossing, I'm not trading. Here's the analogy for that. Everybody has gotten this. I don't know why I didn't think about it sooner. Let's see, there's probably, I don't know, uh, 700 people in here, somewhere in the neighborhood. Um, if, and I'm not trying to be derogatory toward anybody here, so just listen. If you went to Walmart today, raise your hand. Keep them up. Keep them up. I'm serious. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve. Okay, put them down. Thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen out of seven hundred folks went to Walmart today. It was open all day. What's wrong with the rest of you? It was open, but you what? Didn't need to go to Walmart, yes? Just because the stock market's open, you don't need to go there either. See, most of you, ah, the stock market's open. I must go lose some money today. <laughs> Instead of understanding if they all ain't crossing, you got no business being there. And the discipline to go, they're not crossing. I'm not going today. Waiting for them to be there. Folks, it's a discipline thing. 
How many times do you expect them to be there crossing at the same time in a month? Five to ten. It's a discipline thing. It's 10% how-to. It's 90% mindset. It's 100% discipline. Bottom line is it ain't all there. We ain't playing. What if it goes up anyway? I don't care. They were selling stuff today at Walmart. I didn't have to buy it. It's a discipline thing. It's a discipline thing, folks. Page 38. The charting discipline. From a charts-only standpoint, this is what you do. From a charts-only standpoint. Please understand this. If it was a chart thing, engineers would be wealthy and unemployed. Okay? It's not a chart thing. It's an art thing. There is a charting component to everything that we do. We always are going to check the charts. It's a piece of our puzzle. But we have to know the trading zones. We have to know the time of the year. There are research things we're going to talk about next week, starting next week. Research and history come to bear on what's going on. It's not just a chart thing. It's an art thing. Okay? Charting is just a simple piece of it. The weekly is the strongest chart we use and is considered the trend chart during the fall-winter trading zone, and usually for most, if not all, of the transitional trading zone, anytime a quality trend line cannot be drawn on the weekly chart, the daily chart will be considered the trend. Please highlight the last line. Anytime a quality trend line cannot be drawn on the weekly chart, the daily chart will be considered the trend. That means if you can use the weekly, I don't care if it's in the depth of the summer. If you can use the weekly, then the weekly is still the trend chart. It only is not when you can't draw a quality trend on it, okay? The daily chart is a decision chart, except during the summertime where it is frequently used as the trend chart. Does frequently mean always? No. If you're still using the weekly, then you're still using the weekly. Okay? Now, there's another chart that was inadvertently left out of the manual, and you can just write it in. It'd just be one or two simple lines to write in between the daily and the 55 area right there. It's the 233 chart. The 233 chart is only a decision chart. The 233 chart is only a decision chart and will be used as a decision chart throughout the year. Or can be used as a decision chart throughout the year. 233 is a decision chart and can be used as a decision chart throughout the entire year. The 55-minute chart is only used as a decision chart and will be used at different times throughout the year for that purpose. The 34-minute chart is occasionally used as a decision chart during the summertime trading zone. Please highlight the, or circle the word occasionally. The 21-minute chart is used as the action chart when the decision chart is the daily. The 21 will also be used as the decision chart for the intraday cues trade. The 8-minute chart is used as the action chart when the decision chart is the 55-minute chart 
or 233. You left that part out. I left that part out. So, or 233. The five-minute chart and three-minute chart are used for the five-minute technique, the slingshot, and the warning trade. In both the five-minute technique and slingshot, the five-minute chart is both the decision and action chart. These are what you do with these charts. These tell you, this page tells you what charts are trend charts, what charts are decision charts, and what charts are action charts. Okay? Now, somewhere in your notes right here, okay, on this page, on the previous page, somewhere in your notes, this is important for you to understand. Write it down. It is profoundly important to your success. Okay? Big charts... Big money. Big charts, big money. Big charts, peaceful trading experience. Big charts, big money. Big charts, peaceful trading experience. Big charts, very few losses. Following all the rules all the time. Big charts, big money. Big charts, peaceful trading experience. Big charts, very few losses when following all the rules all the time. Okay? Little charts, or what we call short charts. Little charts, short charts, high anxiety trading. High anxiety trading. Small profits. Dramatically increased number of losing trades. Dramatically increased number of losing trades. Now think about it. Which charts would you like to trade with? Big charts. Big charts, folks. There are no super successful students that make a steady diet of short chart trades. We all do them on occasion, you know? But I, again, everything uh, like food, okay? Big charts are your, your, your staple diet, your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner. Everybody understand? Okay? Fed there. Little charts are a chocolate chip cookie. Everybody knows if you're a reasonably healthy person and you eat a steady diet of good-for-you food, you know, exercise, you can have a chocolate chip cookie once in a while and ain't no problem. Everybody understand? Okay? But you can't eat chocolate chip cookies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and all your in-between-meal snacks and do well. It's just not going to happen. Okay? Some of the techniques we're going to talk about, some of the charts, like the five-minute chart, the five-minute chart down here at the bottom where we talk about the five or the three-minute chart where we talk about the five-minute technique, the slingshot, and the warning trade, that it would be representative of having a, a Hershey kiss. 
It ain't even a chocolate chip cookie. It's just having a Hershey kiss. And everybody here can have a sweet tooth once in a while and you go get a Hershey kiss. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. Okay? But if, you, if that's all you eat, you're going to die. You're going to get killed. Okay? So, weekly and daily in 233 are considered big charts. Everything under that is considered short charts. Everything under that is considered short charts. Bottom line. Now, page 39. It says, when the daily chart, we're using the daily chart, when using the daily chart to make a trade decision, expect the trade to last anywhere from one day, though usually at least three, up to possibly turning into weeks. And that will be dependent upon the trading zones. Fall winter trading zone, we're going to expect them to go for weeks. Okay? Summertime trading zone, we're going to expect them to be a good day. And three days would be a long time. Okay? When using a 233 chart to make a trade decision, expect the trade to last anywhere from a half a day, though usually at least a day and a half, up to possibly turning into 10 days. 10 days would be a maximum move. When using a 55-minute chart to make a trade decision, you expect the trade to last for a matter of hours. Anywhere from one hour up to a maximum of 24 market hours. 24 market hours would be about four business days. That is the maximum length of time expected in a trade if you've used the 55-minute chart for your decision chart. Four business days. That is a maximum. When using a 34-minute chart to make a trade decision, expect the trade to last for only hours. That would be in today, out today, or at most, in today, out tomorrow. Basically, one market day. So if you got in at 2 o'clock on Friday, you would expect to be out by 2 o'clock on Monday. And that would be the maximum length of time expected in that trade. Next paragraph. Very important. It is rare for the number of candles following the cross of the Christmas cross lines to exceed 20 candles before the Christmas cross lines recross on any charting time frame daily or shorter. That means 20 candles maximum is what you would expect. Okay? And please, should you expect all trades to move the maximum? No. no. But I am stunned by how many people that do. And some of you, you guys will get Q charts this weekend. That's fine. Ain't no problem with that. Okay? Ain't no problem with that. You know? And, and, and some of you will, will spend four days, five days trying to set up the workspaces. Eight, ten, twelve hours a day. And then you'll go... Screw this, and you get the diskette, and it'll take two minutes. <coughs> then you'll feel stupid, which is what you qualify to feel, quite frankly. 
Okay? Now, at that point in time, you'll search through the charts, through the daily charts, through the 233, through all the charts, to find one example where it went more than 20 candles. And you'll come, what do you think of this one? It went 24 candles. And I'm going to go, how long did it take you to find that? Eight days. <laughs> I am never in a trade for 20 candles. Never. I'm already gone before it ever happens. Remember, we're supposed to be taking the what? Chunk in the middle. But see what you guys will do. You, you know, Come on, 10. Okay, got 10. Come on, come on. 12, 12. Okay, got 12, got 12. Come on, 15, 15. Okay, got 15, 15. Come on. Okay, 18. Okay, Ooh, got 18. Come on, 19, 19. Ooh, come on, go and get 20. Ooh, 20, 20. Woo, got 20. Come on, 21. <laughs> I'm already going to be gone. Counting the chunk in the middle. What you want all of your trades to do is continue past where you got out in the direction you were playing. That means you got a chunk in the middle. You buy it here, you get out here, and it keeps going, then you did the trade right. If you got the high, you did the trade wrong. If you got the high value, you did the trade wrong. It's the chunk over and over and over again. And I had an email from a, one of the retired students last week. He's now working on four straight years of no losses. But he takes a happy, small chunk in the middle. And he only trades the high-quality trades. Now, what, I'm, what am I talking about, about high-quality trades? It's real simple. This is my pocket knife, okay? All of you have seen it before. What you don't understand is the only trades I do are when this knife is at my throat. And if I'm wrong... The market maker is going to cut my throat. And I know I'm right and spit in his face and do the trade. If you would not do a trade with your life on the line, you shouldn't be doing the trade. It's deadly business. Understand. Some of you go, well, you know, it's 50 50. You know, if it didn't violate the law and everything my daddy taught me to do, I'd bring in my 357 Magnum. I would load it half full, spin a dial, walk up to you, turn the safety off, point it at your head, and go, You want to do this trade? None of you want to do that trade, but you want to with real money. 50-50. I don't trade that way. I don't trade that way. 
I only trade the ones when I know the gun's empty that he's holding. I'm expecting to do how many of those a month? Five to ten. Most of you do trades I wouldn't even think about doing. Wouldn't even think about doing. So, well, what about this? It's 60, 40, 60 mine, 40 his. Okay. You want me to load the magnum up or not? It's a dumb way to think. You're not going to get rich trading. But you can get broke. And understand, I'm not talking about broke financially. I mean, some of you have experienced broke financially from trading. But I'm talking about crippled psychologically. Too big a loss, too much money on a 50-50 shot, and you got killed. You jumped in to try to do it again. Some of you went on margin to make it up, and you got killed again doing a crappy trade. Just like the lady I talked about that didn't move the money. She had all of the talent and skills necessary to become a multimillionaire, except she didn't move the money. And when she started losing money, she started breaking the rules, further away from the rules, more aggressively trying to get back the money that was gone to the point that she was broken psychologically. And now she works 12 hours a day, six days a week. You're not going to get rich trading. You shouldn't trade anything that is iffy. Kind of, sort of, might look like a trade. Well, kind of, sort of, that's what you should practice. Not what you should do. Not what you should do.